Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. We do come to you this morning and we are thankful for how great you are. Lord, we're reminded this morning that we come a broken people. Lord, for some it has been an extremely difficult week. And Lord, we cry with those who cry. And Lord, we, we sing praise with those who found victory this week. Lord, I ask that you would quiet our hearts this morning as we spend time in your word, as we sing your praises, Lord, as we reflect on what you have for us to hear and uh, to be a part of our lives today. I pray, Lord, that you would open us up to see victory in a different way. That we, Lord, might be challenged in our faith, strengthened and reassured that you are still in control. Guide our thoughts, Lord, as we spend time in your word. In your name we pray. Amen. This morning's passage is from uh, the first chapter of Joshua, verses 1 through 9. This passage talks about Joshua taking over the reins. The new leader in charge, commissioned to follow and uh, to lead God's people into the land of Canaan. And probably, it's probably most famous for that one line, be strong and courageous. We've heard that in God reminds Joshua of that three times in this passage. And there's a reason he reminds Joshua of that. And I think it's mostly because I think Joshua isn't feeling strong or courageous. He's probably pretty humbled by the position that he's in. And yet God reminds him to be strong and courageous. Let's read. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord... The Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, all of you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you have set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon and from the great river of the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, all the, to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from the right or the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God 
will be with you wherever you go. May God add his blessing to the reading of this word this morning. Oh Lord, we just ask that you would take us there this morning. Lord, that you would remind us that you do walk with us. That you hold our hand, that you take, stand beside us. Sometimes it feels like we're alone. Lord, remind us that you are right there. Remind us of that scripture, that you will never leave us nor forsake us. You have not walked away. You are with us each and every step that we take. Remind us that we can find victory in your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, as we look at your word this morning, I pray that you would encourage our hearts. Challenge us. Build us up. Remind us how much you care about us. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. morning. Thanks, Ken. Good to see you guys this morning. I am kind of excited to be in front of you and have a chance to uh, share a few words uh, that God has uh, laid upon my heart. I I will preface this. um, If you were at baccalaureate last Sunday, you heard part of the same passage. Um, I had a chance, and and I'm very thankful, I had a chance uh, for the second year in a row to to address the the graduating class of Wattsburg uh, 2017. What an exciting time it is for them in life. And the reason this passage fits so well with that is that Joshua is in a very similar spot as a graduate is. He has been under Moses, Moses' aid. He's been spending time looking at what Moses did, learning from Moses, spending time understanding how to lead God's people. Reminded that he was commissioned when, um, when Moses knew he wouldn't go to the promised land. And now the rubber meets the road. Moses is now dead. And Joshua is going to have to lead God's people. And I don't know what, about you, but that sounds like a very scary moment in time. A very difficult challenge for Joshua to go from following and watching how Moses led to being the guy in charge. And our graduates are in very much a similar spot, right? Under the wings of their parents, under the wings of their teachers, learning all they need to know, or at least some of what they need to know to step out and start to make those decisions on their own. And most of us who have already gone through that remember how terrifying that can be. Um, Or if you were like I was, I wasn't even bright enough to figure out I should be scared. (laughs) My thought was, I'm out of here and I'll never step foot in this place again. (laughs) But most of us realize that it's a scary place. I'm going to have to find a job. Or if I can go to school for four more years, that'll at least hold off the job. But there's a point in time where I'm going to have to figure out what's going on in life and I'm going to have to begin to do that on my own. Where am I going to get the money? What am I going to do with all this time? I'm now in charge of me. 
what a scary spot it can be in life. And I think that's where Joshua is in this passage, and that's why God says, be strong and courageous. There is victory. That's an interesting way that's set up. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about victory this morning, and, um, and I think one of the challenges to victory uh, and understanding where victory fits in our life is understanding what victory looks like. A lot of us would think that this would be victory, right? That we finally made it. If we're on the beach and we're living uh, right on the ocean and uh, there's not a care in the world and all is good, that would, might be victory in our life. I don't know what your view of victory is, but I question if that's really victory. See, for Joshua, it would have been, the victory in his life would have been, well, let's just walk into Canaan and there's not going to be any problems. We're just going to truck right in there and we're going to have our spot and all's going to be well. But we know that's not the truth. That's not the story, right? We remember, and if you get a chance to read through Joshua, it's a pretty cool story. But there are a lot of things that they're going to run into in the process. And God reminds Joshua, wherever you step your foot, I'll give you that land. Don't worry, I'm going to take care of you. Victory will be yours. And he gives them three ways, three things to think about uh, in this passage. See, because of victory, I think, sometimes looks way too much like that in our minds, and we never achieve that. And so I would, I would ask you this morning to think about what victory looks like in your life. What would that look like? Spending the time the rest of your life on the beach? See, I got a couple verses I want you to, if you get a chance to write down, because I want to remind you this morning that victory is possible. Victory in your life is a very good possibility. In fact, God promises that. In the, hey, it worked. First Corinthians uh, 5.15.57 says, But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, there are a lot of ideas of, about victory, and they all are temporary. We think that if I get the next new car, that's a victory. If I get the next new job, that's a victory. Or if I make it to retirement, that one seems to be a, an interesting one, not for me yet, but, but I watch people who get to the point of if I can only make it to retirement, and then they get to retirement, and if you ask Donnie Lafferty, he's busier now than he ever was. So I'm not sure that that's victory in life. He might need to go back to work. What if you buy a motorcycle? A victory. Well, then you at least have a motorcycle, right? <laughs> Here's another passage. You get a chance to write it down and take a look at it. Deuteronomy 20, uh, verse 4. It says, victory is mine. But I want you to remember that there is no victory without a battle. Joshua knew going into this that he had been there. Remember the, remember the story? Him and Caleb went into that land with 10 other guys, and, and he said, we can take it. And everybody else says, we're grasshoppers. These people are huge. They're going to devour us, tear us up. Joshua knew going into that land was not going to be walking the park. And he had a lot of responsibility Scripture says there were 600 plus thousand men. That just is men, so probably good chance over a million people. 
that Joshua was going to be responsible for. What a challenge to take God's people into the promised land. He needed reassured that it was going to be okay. And so God gives Joshua in this passage three things to think about. And for us, the same three things to think about. The first one is to remember God's promises. He says in verse uh, 5, No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Remember, and he goes in verse 6, that I will lead these people into the land that I swore to their ancestors to give them. This is the promised land. Promised land, right? It was promised to God's people. And he says, I'm not going to break that promise. You were promised that land, and you will go into God's promised land. See, I think one of the struggles we have is that we tend to forget God's promises. We tend to live a very defeated life, or we can. We can be challenged to not live a victorious life, but live a defeated life. We live like a lost soul. We live like a failure. Believers in Christ, we are victorious. The road may not be easy, but we are victorious. God promises that. I think Joshua probably was struggling to find that victory at that moment. He knew he was going to be responsible for all these people. He was going to lead those people. He may have been saying it loud, but I'm pretty sure he was terrified inside. Something to think about. God can see in you what you can't see in yourself. That is so true. We have a, a difficult time seeing what God would have for us in our own life. This is the passage where God promises way back in Genesis that I will give you and your seed the land wherein you are a stranger, the land of Canaan. He promises that he's going to give them that property and he stands by his promises. And in our life, we have promises from God. And he stands by those promises. This picture is obviously a picture of Noah building the ark. And one of the things that intrigues me about Noah and the way that God uh, used Noah was that Think about, think about the whole idea of building an ark. Now, they had never really had experienced a flood. They don't, nowadays, we know, okay, we know what a flood looks like. But they hadn't even experienced a flood. And God says, listen, no, I want you to build this ark. And here's the dimensions. Here's the size. I want you to tell them how to put it together. Here's what it's going to look like. Get everybody in there and get ready. Because I'm going to take out the world. Everybody that's not in there is in trouble. Every living creature is in trouble. Noah, here's what I want you to do. Now, we're not talking about having a table saw and all this equipment. Noah built this thing by hand. It didn't take a couple days or a couple weeks. It took some time. And not only did he get laughed at and harassed for building it, and then he put it all together 
and put God's animals in there and his family in there and prepared for what would be a crazy ride, right? I think about this Noah story because it intrigues me because it's not this mundane day-to-day, oh, just another day, just another day, just another day. Noah had to step out in faith and remember that God had promised that he would, one, spare him. And I love the way Genesis 7-5 goes. And this is just as simple as it is in, in Scripture. And Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. What God told him to do, Noah did. Noah understood that these were promises, that God would keep his promise. God would keep the promise that he had said to spare him. I'm thinking the boat ride was a pretty wild boat ride. And yet he was reminded that God would protect him. And Noah did all that the Lord had commanded him. Oh, if that wasn't us or me. Here's another promise for you to think about. It says, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. For some of us, that's a a challenge. See, because in life, those around us have left us. Those around us have forsaken us. We have had relationships in life that maybe haven't gone as well. We were talking on Wednesday night about Father's Day and the challenge that Father's Day can be for some because maybe our earthly father wasn't all that. Maybe our earthly father wasn't that great example of the way things should be done. And we can tend to transfer that on to God, that maybe our, our heavenly father isn't all that either. And that can be a challenge in our life to remember that God is faithful and trustworthy. What a blessing it is to be reminded. The second thing that uh, God tells Joshua is, be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn it from the right or the left, and you may be successful wherever you go. Do not turn from the left or the right. Follow the plan. Stick to God's plan. That means obedience. Obey God's plan. That's twofold in, in my mind as I think about it. And the first part is, you know, you got to know God's word to know his plan, do you not? It's one of the challenges. You got to know what God's word says to understand what the plan is. Well, that's a great quote from Charles Spurgeon that said, a Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. See, and one of the things that I think that we have struggled to do, and I, I personally have struggled in my own life, is trying to read so much Scripture or trying to read these five or six chapters a day and find something in the middle of that can be somewhat overwhelming to me. And what I've learned over time is that I'm not the only person who feels that way. I read the Bible in a year. Maybe we should read the Bible in five years. 
at my rate, I might be a really long time because I tend to get stuck on one verse or one word, one thought, one idea. And if you're having a hard time reading Scripture and you say, I can't, I'm not getting anything out of it. I don't understand what it says. I would challenge you to find one verse and apply it to your life. And if that takes a week, that's okay. If it takes a month, that's okay. Apply that one verse, that one idea, that one thought. Apply it to your life. And until you apply it, continue to read it and, and get into that word. And understand what God is saying. There's a verse in uh, Ephesians 4.1. And this is why I tell you this. Ephesians 4.1. I will never forget Ephesians 4.1. says, live a life worthy of the call. There's more to it, but I don't remember it all. It took me four months to apply that to my life. And I will tell you, and my wife would tell you, that there was a lot of turmoil in the midst of that verse. That half a verse, Ephesians 4.1 a, right? We don't even get to the B part. Live a life worthy of the call. Think about that in your life, your own life. Are, one, you have a call on your life. God has put a call on each and every one of your life. Have you thought about that? There is a call on your life. God has a plan, if a call doesn't make sense, a plan. God has a plan for each and every one of you for your life. Here's the struggle in that verse and the struggle that I struggled with for four months. Am I living worthy of that call? And what does that look like? I would challenge you to find one verse that you don't understand or one verse that doesn't make good sense and dig into that verse. Ask your friends Put it on Facebook. If we don't do anything else, people communicate through Facebook like crazy these days. Take that one verse and apply it to your life. If you need a verse, come see me. I'll find you one. I'm pretty sure there's plenty, though. There's lots of them in there, right? Find that verse that God would have. See, I believe that God puts those things in front of us. And we read them, and we just kind of blow them off. And it doesn't change our life. Why? Because we're not sticking to the plan. We're not sticking to God's plan for our life. There is a call on your life. Like he tells Joshua, listen, Joshua, you know what's going to happen. You know the call. You have been commissioned to do this. Don't turn from the left and the right. Don't chicken out on me. Stick to the plan. So God has his word <clears throat> that helps us. He also has people. Now, I was totally amazed this morning. If you ever, ever never Googled your own name, try it. I Google imaged my grandmother who has been dead for 10 years maybe. There were multiple pictures of my grandma. I said, if there's a picture in there, I'm going to use it. <laughs> I couldn't believe there was. There's plenty. See, I do believe God uses people in a powerful way. He uses those saints that we cross paths with in, in life. 
I'd be willing to bet that most every one of you, see, because the only person who knows about this is my wife. She's like, she's the only one that's even saying anything because she knows who it is. This is my grandma. This is my grandma who believed in me when I didn't believe in me. This is my grandma whose faith was never shaken. At least in my eyes, right? As a kid, I'm growing up, I'm watching things go bad, things go wrong. Grandma never wavered. Was she perfect? No, not at all, she would have told you. But she was what I held tight to when I didn't understand. She was a saint in my life. And I'd be willing to bet that most all of us have at least one, if not multiple, people in our lives who have made a humongous impact on our faith. Someone that we can point to that said, this person made a difference. I am different in my faith because of this person. I'm willing to bet that there is someone in your life. You know, I won't say any names because we, we have some here, right? And you know what? In the future, there'll be more. These are people who understand God and they know who to hold tight to when the things get difficult. Why? Because they've experienced God. Maybe that's one of the challenges of our faith, right? When we, aren't, when we don't experience God in a very real and powerful way, it's hard to see. It's hard to build that foundation. We have to mix God's Word, and we have those saints who, have, who understand God's Word in a very practical way, and we put those together to build this foundation that you don't get when you're five or six. You only get it through time and wisdom and understanding who God is and watching these people live out their faith. That's what Joshua had. See, he didn't really have all the experiences in life, but he had watched Moses take God's people and lead those people. He understood that God was faithful through himself, yes, somewhat. But also by watching Moses and saying, God is working through Moses. I think this is, this is so imperative that you understand that I think there are so many times we have opportunities to be mentored by people of the faith who are strong in the faith. I challenge you to find those people To grab a hold of those people who have wisdom, who have experienced life, who have been challenged, and yet continue to hold tight to the faith. The saints. Life is not, I always say, life, no one gets out unscathed. It's a challenge. See, there's a verse like this verse here, Romans I think it's 828. It says all things work. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. If you want somewhere to start, I would, I would give you that verse to start. Because in the world we live in today, there's some challenges in that passage. There's some things that I see on a daily basis that you see on a daily basis. When we see on the news or experience even with ourselves, 
And we have a hard time ex- explaining how all things work together for good. Not naive enough to think that it's all flowers and roses and, and happy time, right? And yet, this is a promise we can stand on. We can stick to this promise, understanding somehow, even when we can't see it, that all things do work together for good. Finally, God reminds Joshua that to step out in faith is the key. The question I have for you is when is faith faith? Or when is faith not faith? See, it's one thing to understand what to do or where to go, but to never make that step. To never step out in faith. See, you can know all about who God is. You can understand all about what he's done and still never experience him. Ah, That's hard to read. That's a bummer. The small circle says your comfort zone and the big circle says where the magic begins. Oh, is it easier? Ah, nice. I can't read it from there. Yeah. It is great. (laughs) Faith is action. One of my, one person I really appreciated was Mother Teresa. I I appreciated her for what she did, but also her her wisdom was was something that I, I really could appreciate. It says, faith in action is love, and love in action is service. By transforming that faith into living acts of love, we put ourselves in contact with God himself, with Jesus our Lord. There's a difference between understanding and doing. And Joshua was at that moment. He he understood what God was saying, but he had to take that step of faith that God would do what he said. So I have a a great example. So I have this card. It's a gift card. And I can tell you that it has $15 for gas on it. Now, i got to tell you a little bit more about this card. It's pretty funny. So a year ago, March, I got this card given to me. But it's not mine, all right? This is not my card. This is Bobby Lewis's card. Bobby, I still owe you. I got it. If you run out of gas, give me a holler. <laughs> See, this card was given to me because Bobby referred someone uh, for taxes or something. I don't know. I don't even know. It's been so long. And all of us know that there's $15 on here, right? But, but unless I give this to Bobby and he actually goes to country fair, we will never know if there's anything on this. This could be a card. I could have traded this card for one of the leftovers that was laying out there by the gas pump, Bobby. <laughs> and we will never know. You'll just have to believe me. Because until Bobby actually steps, takes this card, which I'm going to give him today. Bobby, you can have it today. It's only been a year and a half. After, yeah, we need it for second service. Is that all right? (laughs) It's the same with our faith. 
we can know that Jesus exists. We can understand that he died on the cross and that he was raised again. We can read all the scriptures and understand them and memorize them. But if you haven't experienced that in your own life, it's just like this card. It's, not, it's, it's a great voucher, but it's not ever been used. It's never been used in your own life. It's just like what Joshua says. Joshua says, it's time to step out in faith, God tells him. You're going to be called to lead my people into Canaan. You remember the promises, and I hope that you would stick to that plan. He says, stick to this plan. Now step out. And, of course, we know if you read and you get a chance to read through Joshua, I would encourage you to read that Joshua does step out and does lead God's people in a very powerful way into the promised land. For you this morning, and what, I mean, what does that mean for me, right? What does it mean for us? It's one thing to hear of God's love. It's another to experience God's love. To experience it firsthand. To experience God's changing love in your own life. So you can say, I want to follow Jesus, but that doesn't mean you will experience it. You have to call on his name and believe that he did die on that cross. He raised again. That's a, that's a hard thing for people to grasp. He was more than just a good man. He was a perfect man. Scripture reminds us that would come to him all who are weary and burdened. This morning you have that opportunity to come to him. You have that opportunity to come to the altar, to, to come to the altar and, and connect with God in a powerful way. God loves each and every one of us. He sent his son to die for each and every one of us. And he wants to experience life with you. Let's pray. Lord God, I just thank you this morning that you gave us an opportunity to read in your word and to understand where Joshua was at, Lord, to understand that Joshua was at a moment in his time, in life where the rubber would meet the road, that he, Lord, would go from hearing and watching Moses to being in charge and responsible. Lord, we thank you that you sent your son Jesus, to die on that cross, to be raised again. We thank you, Lord, that you have promised in each and every one of our lives that you would save us for eternity. Lord, I pray this morning for anyone who hasn't made that decision, who, Lord, hasn't decided that it's worth following you, Lord, that you would challenge their hearts this morning. Lord, that they would step out and realize the difference that you do make and can make in their lives. Lord, I'm reminded of those who have come before us and who have been faithful and what great examples of the faith they have been. Thank you for them. Lord, guide our hearts this morning that we might follow after you. In your name we pray. Amen.